Matthew chapter number 9. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter number 9, and we'll begin in verse number 35. We're just going to read the last four verses. Matthew 9, 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest." I just want us to emphasize, and we'll look at several things, but in verse number 36, it even says this about Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. And I want us to consider a little bit and challenge us this morning on seeing how Jesus sees. Seeing how Jesus sees. Let's pray and then you can be seated. We'll share a few thoughts out of the Word of God. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you so much again, for the privilege to be able to gather together. Lord, I'm thankful for the transparency into your life that you've given to us, Lord, that you even reveal to us the emotions of your heart as we read down through the Scriptures. And so, Lord, I pray that we'd be able to apply them to our hearts and lives today, and, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified, burden our hearts for those things which we see around us, the people that we see, Lord, to be able to make an eternal difference. We'll trust you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I was reminded in this passage of Scripture, a very similar passage, when he saw the multitudes, very similar to John chapter number 4, after the woman at the well had been saved, And after she went down into the city, the Bible says she started telling all that she came in contact with about Christ. And then in verse number 35 of John 4, Jesus said, Say not, ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And I believe that as we read about and through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that as I just prayed that God at certain times gives us insight into the heart emotions which brings about the actions of the Lord Jesus. Very similar to when we got over into John chapter number 17 that we actually have recorded the prayer that Jesus prayed and offered up to His heavenly Father. And there's times throughout the life of Christ that we're given that insight to be able to understand more the heart of the Lord Jesus and not just the actions and the messages and the teaching that He gave while He was here on this earth. 
And we know that some of these details that are given in the life of Christ that He gives us the access to and the transparency about, we know that some of these are very intimate details that were made privy to. I I think about when Jesus was going into the Garden of Gethsemane and then we have recorded His prayer that is there. We understand how He became the more sorrowful. In fact, I believe the weight of sin that was being poured into his body, the Bible says that he fell on his face. And then we have his prayer that's recorded there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we're just given some of that insight. As I looked in Matthew chapter 9 here and learning to follow the Lord as we preached a couple weeks ago and last week preached on this matter of yield not to temptation But then we have a very simple thought that is here about seeing how Jesus sees. As it says that Jesus saw the multitudes. And I want us to look at this and I'm going to share just a few thoughts with us. But I read verse number 35 on purpose, even though verse 36 really starts a new paragraph as we look at it. I wanted to set the context of what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing and what this time in His life and His ministry and how He was going about. And the Bible reminds us in verse 35, it's really a a summary of the, the previous months that He's had after He's called His disciples and they are following Him. And the Bible says He went about all cities and villages and he's he's teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and he's healing every sickness and every disease among the people and it's really a summary of the ministry of Christ as he's traveling as he's walking as he's expounding the word of God as he's teaching unto them But I thought it was interesting after the summary of ministry in verse number 35, we have the phrase, but when he saw the multitudes. Now, I saw this application for us because many times we can go about our daily religious duties We can get very busy for the Lord. In fact, many times that busyness may be investing in the lives of others. But sometimes we can get so busy in what we classify as religious duties and fulfilling our ministry that we actually forget who the ministry is. And many times as we go about in our society and we have people that's all around us, but do we really see what Jesus sees? And learning to be able to do that, I'll say this, many times as as, uh, preachers have given testimony of being able to get behind the pulpit and be able to preach and be able to share the Word of God, that sometimes they get into just a routine in their life and hey we're getting up to preach the Bible but we forget that it's actual people that are sitting here and it's not just a a duty that we have that we need to fulfill on a regular basis people go out into society and they they try to start helping people and then they just get so much into the cause that they forget about the actual people and individuals that they're trying to make a difference in their lives 
And so when I saw this distinction between verses 35 and 36, and let me just, if you need clarification, let me just remind us in no way is this saying that Jesus lost sight of the purpose for which he was here. I believe it's an application to be able to show us that there can be busyness of preaching and teaching and doing all these good works, but don't forget to see the people how Jesus sees the people. And as we look down through here, I want you to see, first of all, what Jesus saw. He saw the realization of the need. Now, the Bible says in verse number 36, when he saw the multitudes. And I want to remind us this word saw, okay, even though it may be just a simple three-letter word, it does not carry the meaning of just glancing at something. Okay, I'll use a personal example here a few weeks ago, and I believe it's about a four weeks ago now by the time Wednesday comes, as I was going on a hike. You ever, you ever go when you get ready to do something, you search and search and search for something, or can I say you look for and look for and look for and you can't find it? And I was like, I have this certain hat that's one of those mask hats, okay, that pull all the way down, cover your face, come all the way down, cover your neck. And I was like, I need this to be able to get up on that mountain. And I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. I walked down in the basement about three or four days ago, and I walked by, and there's, there's a box that's sitting there. And I happened to look down in that box, and listen, nothing on top of it. Nothing covering the box. Nothing saying I'm hiding down here so you can't see me. I look down as I walk by and I'm like, what is that? And I reach down and guess what it was? No, it wasn't. I'm just kidding. It was. (laughs) It was. It it was the hat that, that I thought I'd been searching for and it was just sitting right there. Can I say this? When I saw that, it was a little bit different than just taking a glance at it. And when we have this word here, it's not that Jesus just happened to look up and glance out there and to be able to see a bunch of people. But this meaning of the word saw means to contemplate, means to meditate on. It means to study and to make sure that we're taking it in. And the realization of the need here as Jesus saw the multitudes, as he looked out. Now listen, we just read about how he went into the synagogues and he was preaching and he was teaching. And then they would bring him all those with manners of of sickness and disease and just one after another that were coming to him. But listen, you you ever almost been on an assembly line? And all you're doing is fulfilling that task that is right in front of you. I mean, just one after another, the same thing over and over and over. And then you get to the end of the day and you realize what's piled up over here. And you realize what's been accomplished by you just going through all of that all day long. Or it may be the opposite side. Instead of seeing everything that's been accomplished, you do this all day long, day after day after day, but it just seems like the pile over here never gets smaller. And it just seems like there is so much that needs to be accomplished, and I believe that's the the understanding and the meaning of this passage. I believe the Lord's been going to city after city and village after village. He's been healing sickness. He's been healing disease. 
But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. It dawned on me when we were missionaries with the Rock of Ages, we were all excited. God had provided. We were, we were printing gospel tracts. We were getting John and Romans and New Testaments. And uh, we had just loaded up a 20-foot container uh, from front to back, floor to ceiling, with gospel material. Man, we were thankful. I think on that container, I think was 242 or 243,000 pieces of gospel material. And man, we were rejoicing. I mean, there's, there's almost a quarter million that is being sent over there and the, the souls that that's going to affect. And we're so thankful. We put the last box in there. We closed the doors, put the seal on it. Everybody gathered around. We prayed over it and the truck took off. We're rejoicing. 242,000 pieces of gospel material going over to Ghana, West Africa. And then I sat back and realized, and we're rejoicing on that, but I said, there's 29 million people over there. I said, do you understand? Now, praise the Lord for the impact that was being made. But I said, really, when you're doing all of this, and then you realize the multitude that are still there, that aren't going to get a copy of it, that aren't going to be handed it. And they've told us, listen, just a little simple John and Romans overseas, they say on average there'll be seven different people that'll handle that one John and Romans because they're handed around to everybody. And so I thought, well, we can take all that and just take 240,000 and times it by seven and maybe we can reach all those people. But then I thought, what about the other 90% of the population? And I said, we, we rejoice and we're thankful and we do all this. But then a realization of the need and even Jesus, when he looked up with all of this work that was being done, but when he saw the multitudes, the realization of the need was settled into the heart of the Lord Jesus. Can I encourage us to be able to see the multitudes? You ever sat back? I don't, I don't know if you ever enjoy uh, people watching. Is that, just, is that just weird? People watching. Miss Troy is shaking her head because she's a photographer and catching those expressions that are on people's faces. People watchers. You ever sat back and seen the multitude of people? I was asked one time, we were living down in Cleveland, Tennessee, and there was a man that was opening up a business downtown and he was a friend of ours in another church about an hour and a half away and and uh, he called me he said brother peter he said would you mind going down and here's what he asked he said uh he said would you go down we need to do a traffic study and i said okay i said i've never done a traffic study he said we need an approximate number of cars and number of people and so we'd go down there and we'd spend hour after hour sitting in a parking lot and we'd, we'd watch cars go by and would put a mark down for every car and then try to pick out how many people were in that car. And then we'd be able to calculate that and try to be able to be a help. He was a Christian man and we were trying to be a blessing to him. Can I say more than anything, the biz, now the business didn't succeed. Okay, it wasn't my fault. I gave him the numbers. But it's not about the business succeeding but I thought, do you understand the multitudes of people that drove by every day? 
Do you know before we bought this piece of property, I started studying to be able to do some research and it was back in 2012, I believe the numbers were, that on average there was 12 to 15,000 cars a day that drove by this piece of property right here on Sheep Davis Road. And you're like, oh, it can't be that many. But I thought when you see the multitudes. Now this is not to take away from anything that the Lord Jesus Christ had already done. That's not taken away from the miracles of the past. Not taken away from the the healing and the teaching and the preaching that Jesus has already done. But what he was doing for his disciples is saying, listen, we've seen all of this. We've accomplished all of this. But look at the multitudes. We see the realization of the need, but when he saw the multitudes, but then I want you to see the response to the people. How many of us have gotten to the point that we see the multitudes, but we're not seeing them with the eyes that the Lord Jesus Christ has, but we're now just seeing multitudes of people that are just in our way. We're just seeing a multitude of people that, listen, they want to be going somewhere the same time that I want to be going somewhere. I've mentioned this before, my dad was an expert on this. As he would get out on the road, he thought it was the world's personal vendetta against him that when my dad had to go somewhere, that everybody else had to go somewhere too and got on the road in front of him. Why don't you get out of my way? Why does the whole world have to go someplace when I have to go someplace? Story of my life, he would say. Everybody going, see, we can get to the point now, understand this. We get to the point and start looking around and say, look at all these people that are in my way. Look at all these people that are a distraction. Look at all these people that are hindering what I need to get done. But with the Lord Jesus Christ, when he saw the multitude, his response to the people, the Bible says he was moved. Not with criticism. Not with disdain for the number of people. He was moved with compassion on them. He sat back and looked at the multitudes. I've thought several times as we drove back and forth to New Jersey with the kids as they were down there in school and and would always, there was no other easier way to be able to take except for go across the George Washington Bridge. How many believe that's one thing that's not going to be in heaven is the George Washington Bridge crossing from New Jersey into New York. George Washington Bridge will not be in heaven. I guarantee that. But every time we'd come back across from New Jersey into New York, you just come across that bridge and it is nothing but a wall of apartment buildings. And I don't know how many times I thought about it. I said, do you understand how many people are represented just in what we can see right here in these few blocks? I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of people within just one glance of what would be about a quarter of a mile. And I thought the number of people, I said someone could go into that area and start a church and never have to go more than one block and you'd probably never reach all those people that are right there in that half mile. And I thought, Lord, how many times have we seen people and seen the multitudes like you see the multitudes? And instead of being moved the wrong direction, but we're actually being moved with compassion on them. 
Someone gave a definition one time of compassion. It's a very simple definition that he gave. He said, compassion would be your hurt in my heart. That we can actually feel and be able to know, and it's not being sympathetic, but being empathetic and being able to feel what someone else is going through. Can you imagine the heartbreak that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ as he looked out and he saw the multitude, not just glanced on them, but contemplated the multitudes that were in front of him. And the Bible says it did not just affect his eyes, but it actually affected his heart and had compassion on them. And I thought, Lord, if you'd allow us to be able to look around us, to be able to see how Jesus sees, and to be able to get a vision of the people that are around us. Listen, so many times our our response to all of this is just, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And we don't, as we say it this way, we don't lift one finger to be able to make a difference. And I thought, Lord, if you'd allow us to, I said, I want to be able to see people as you see people. Listen, that's the whole mission of Granite State Baptist Church being here in Concord is not just to sit here in a warm building and go through our religious duties week after week after week, but we are here to be able to make a difference and be able to impact beyond these four walls to those that are around us. I don't believe it's true compassion. Oh, I've got a burden for this, a burden for this. And it's never moved us to be able to do anything about it. Why do you think those commercials come on television and show them little uh, dogs down there at the, at, the sh- at the shelter? Them little cats that are down there. And they always pick the most mangy ones to be able to show you and said, where's their forever home? Now listen, I'm not anti-dog and cat. But you know the reason they do that is because even lamentation says that your eye affecteth your heart. That if we can get people to truly see the need that is out there, to be able to truly spend time contemplating it, that it's going to go a little bit further. And it's not just going to be a matter of seeing, but it's going to be a matter of a response to the need. Why do you think missionaries come in and they show that video up there and be able to show the faces and to be able to show the children and be able to show the conditions and to be able to show the need that's around the world? Do you know why? So that hopefully you'll see the multitudes and be moved with compassion. The response. Now, I want you to see and I took this and I, boy, I was looking at this and I thought Here's what the Lord said as we come down through here. There was a realization of the need, okay? He saw the multitudes. There was a response. He was moved with compassion. But then there's a reason behind here. Look at this. It says, because they fainted and were scattered abroad. And I just started meditating on this phrase. As sheep having no shepherd. I wrote down, and here's probably where I spent the majority of my time in preparation and looking at this little phrase of Scripture. There was a realization of the need. There was a response to the people, but why? And I want you to see here is because there was a relationship that was missing. 
And, and I thought on this, do you understand how many times through the scriptures, now yes, we as people are compared to sheep several times throughout the scriptures. I won't get into to, to all the reasons I believe that there are for it, but we see that, that people are referred to as sheep several times. And the Lord Jesus Christ did this. He did it again over in John chapter number 10 because he said, my sheep hear my voice and know me. Thought about this, and they're not my sheep. I'm not their under shepherd right now, but I walked into the hospital yesterday. And that verse in John 10 that I just quoted came back to my mind. It wasn't for the person that I went there to visit, but I walked in without my name even being said. When I walked through the door, the nurse looked up and said, Hello, Pastor because she just talked to me on the phone and given me permission to walk in there. Behind her, about 30 feet, there was another nurse that was there and said, Hey, Pastor Chamberlain. And I looked back there, and I recognized the young lady that was back there. And I said, Did you see me walk in? She said, No. She said, I just heard your voice when it came through the door. And I thought, you know, there's something the Bible gives in our relationship with the Lord. And when Jesus looked at the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them, he didn't say that it was because they weren't going to church. He didn't say they're not doing enough good deeds, but he said this, he said they were a sheep without a shepherd. There was a relationship that was missing in their lives. And I thought, you know, when we lift up our eyes and we look at the multitudes that are around us, it ought to burden our heart for the spiritual condition that they're in. But not because they're not filling our church. We ought to be burdened more because there's a relationship that's missing in their lives. Do you understand not everybody has a relationship with Jesus like what we have? Now, I cherish that. I'm thankful for it. It seems like, and, and I know it's just the, the first three weeks but with, the, but with the studies that we're going through in the Scriptures right now, and I'm talking spending time verse by verse and chapter by chapter, I thought there's a lot of Bible that's being put out on a weekly basis through teaching and preaching here at Granite State Baptist Church. And I thought, how wonderful it is. Do you know all that does as we spend more time in the Scriptures? It's just building that relationship. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning and growing and saying, God, I'm cherishing that relationship more and more. But as we cherish that relationship and say, hey, I'm getting so close to the Lord and praise the Lord for all of it. But would we see people as Jesus sees people that, listen, there's multitudes out there that don't have what you have this morning. They don't have that. Well, I just wish they could have what we have here at Granite State, and so do I. Listen, and you may think I'm biased. I probably am. I believe we got the best church in New England. I praise the Lord for our church families. I praise the Lord for the fellowship that we have. I praise the Lord for the Word of God being preached and taught and the communion that we have spiritually one with another. But can I say this? This region does not just need church. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. 
And when we look out there, it's not that Jesus was saying, look at the multitudes that aren't going to church, but he's saying, look at the multitudes and what impacted his life is they are as sheep without a shepherd. There's a special relationship, as Jesus said in John chapter 10. Listen, that relationship between a shepherd and sheep, you say, Pastor, there's not much there. Hey, even Jesus said, a sheep, the sheep know my voice. I can compare it, and, and it's the simplest comparison, and uh, I don't think I could ever do this. I wasn't the mother. But how many mothers have given testimony that there could be four babies out there in the foyer, and one of them starts crying? And a mother that's seated here would be able to say, even though there might be three others out there, they know, hey, that's mine. There's just a relationship that's there. And I thought, listen, it's not just from Jesus down to the people, but the people needed the Lord Jesus Christ. There were multitudes that came by that were healed. There were multitudes that came by that were, that were healed of, of their disease and their sickness, but they never started that relationship with Christ. You know, there's a lot of people... Last figures that I saw as we, and this was several years ago, I think it's about the same right now, it was on average of 22 to 24% um, here in the state of New Hampshire that actually went to any type of church at least once a month. And at that point, the 22 to 24%, that was one of the least Bible-minded regions, the least church states in America would go back and forth between New Hampshire and Vermont on who's the, the least churched state. Can I say that's not something that I desire to be number one in? But I will say this. Boy, what an opportunity to be able to reach people for Jesus. And I think one of the highest is you got down there around Mississippi or Alabama and it was up there around 54, 56% or so of people would say they actually went to some type of church service at least once a month. You say, well, almost a quarter of the population of New Hampshire goes to church at least once a month. Hey, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. What he's talking about is a multitude that have no relationship with the shepherd. I thought, Lord, if, if you'd allow us to, listen, I want to be able to make a difference in that. I want us to be able to see people as Jesus saw them. I want it to be able to break our hearts. Listen, you say, Pastor, are you saying you want us to feel bad after we come out of church today? I want us to see the multitudes and let it make a difference in our hearts. That we've got something that needs to be done. The Bible says in verse number 37... Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You say, Pastor, what can we do about it? Well, we can do the same thing that Jesus encouraged his disciples to do in John chapter 4 and lift up your eyes and look on the fields. When you walk through a grocery store, when you walk around deserted malls and people are in there walking, when you get at the gas station, when you're just driving down through town, look at people and realize how many probably weren't in church this morning because they have no relationship. See the people. 
see the people. It was said in Sunday school this morning, and I made mention of what I was preaching on. Miss Cassie told me she wrote down the statement this morning, or, or this week, I should say, that you'll never look into the eyes of someone that Jesus didn't die for and Jesus doesn't love. You'll never look into the eyes of someone that Jesus doesn't love. And I thought, look at the people. See the people. Look around us. Hey, listen, there may be family members. There may be co-workers. There may be people you come in contact with. That person you know because you go through that same drive through every day to be able to get a cup of coffee. And you know them. You know them by name and they know you by coffee. And they, they, they get to know you. You start asking about their family. Listen, there's certain places I go into. When I walk in, I start talking to the person. Hey, how's your wife doing? How's your baby doing? How's things in life? Can I say this? Don't just see them for being a person, but see them for a person that the Lord Jesus Christ loves and died for. See the multitude. See the people. Lift up your eyes. They're not just someone in front of you in a traffic jam. They're not just someone that's trying to nose their way in. That's Massachusetts, I know. They're not just trying to nose their way in. They think, hey, they got right to it, okay? See the people. But then look what the Bible says here in verse number 38. Can I say this? Say a prayer. He was telling his disciples in verse number 38, he says, listen, I want you to see this, but then I want you to start praying. I wonder what it would be if we as a church began praying more and more for our communities that God would be able to reach our people. That our neighbors, those that are around us, if we actually started praying during prayer meeting last night, 7 o'clock, five of us gathered here. Yeah, five of us gathered here and had prayer last night at 7 and someone prayed this. They said, Lord, would you help every lost loved one and friend that's associated with this church? That's represented here at this church. Now you think about that. You think of how many people do not have a relationship with the shepherd that's represented right here. You think of how many people in your life and then start multiplying that across the auditorium. And I thought, how many people are just represented right here? I wonder what difference it would make if we started praying for them more. We started calling their names out before the Lord. And what the Lord is saying, listen, would you pray therefore the Lord of the harvest? And then listen, can I encourage us with this? Not just say a prayer, but send the provision. That ought to be our prayer. Saying, Lord, now listen, it's not a matter of the money. God never mentions money one bit in this passage of Scripture. In fact, a preacher friend of mine over in Ghana, West Africa... He made this statement. He was preaching one day, and he's a national preacher over there. He said, you know, he said, as we, as we read in the Scriptures, he said, all God tells us to pray for is the people to be able to go. He said, apparently God has everything else taken care of. And I thought, what a simple statement to be able to make. God has everything else taken care of. You know what He needs? Someone willing to go. Someone willing that, listen, their eye has affected their heart and they see what's taking place around. You say, well, pastor, God hasn't called me to go to Africa. And praise the Lord for that if it's not the will of God. But he's burdened every one of us if we'd see that neighbor across the street. 
You know what I believe started happening and I believe is still carrying through a little bit here at Granite State Baptist. We've gotten into the winter time and it's kind of died off a little bit. But what was taking place this past summer and fall is people were seeing other people in their immediate circles. And they start inviting people, hey, this is my neighbor. Hey, this is my coworker. This is my friend that I know. And they're inviting them and coming to church with them, person after person after person coming in. You say, well, pastor, what's making the difference now? Maybe we stop seeing people. You say, yeah, with the pandemic and everybody, everything, I don't, I, don't, I don't see people how I should. Listen, I'm not talking about with these eyes. I'm talking about with this right here. We start seeing people as Jesus saw them. Because when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And he looked out at his disciples that were there with him, said, would you be praying? And asked his disciples to pray. The Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. I'm saying, Lord, we may be in the position right here We have what it takes to be able to reach those around us. We have what the Lord's given to us to be able to say, hey, this is the answer for everybody around us. They were asking this week, we sat there down at the state house and one of the reps asked a question, just seems like there's so much to do. How in the world? They got talking about education. I said, what it's going to take is changing the heart. And I said, you can't legislate righteousness. You can't do it. And I said, but if we can start seeing God change some hearts, I said, that's going to be the difference. And asking the Lord, listen, I want to see how Jesus sees. Now, it's as simple as that, but the entire mission and purpose of Granite State Baptist Church is to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ to those that are around us and for them to be able to see Jesus in us, that we would see them as sheep having no shepherd. It ought to bother us. It ought to convict our hearts at the multitudes that's around us that have no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. Can I take this a step further? I'm not just talking about being saved this morning. But can I say it ought to bother us if we don't have the relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about thriving on a daily basis. That you're saved but you don't know what it is to walk in the Spirit. That you're saved, but you don't know what it is to be able to spend time in prayer, to be able to get into the Scriptures and to be able to have the Holy Spirit of God speak to us out of the Word of God. I want to see people have a relationship with the shepherd. And I want to see more be able to be reaped for the glory of God. Listen, there's people around us. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. You say, what's going to make a difference in Concord, the capital region all around us? Listen, from here to all the way up north to all the way down south, what's going to make a difference in relationship with the shepherd? That's what's missing. That's what's missing. And that's what burdened and moved the heart of the Lord Jesus. He said, I see the multitudes moved with compassion. Boy, it went beyond his eyes and got down into his heart. Why? Because the relationship was missing. And I thought, I wonder how many times the Lord looks down upon us and says, listen, there's multitudes around you. Would you see them? Would you see things how Jesus sees things? 